Welcome to Straight Up Sports, the podcast. I'm Andrew Schaefer. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some different things. We're going to recap the NBA trade deadline, winners and losers. Also, where some of the buyout candidates have taken their talents. Um, we're also going to talk about Bryce Harper against Manny Machado. Obviously, two big free agents still left out there in Major League Baseball with spring training right around the corner. Uh, also, uh, the new football league called the Alliance of American Football. Uh, we'll get into all that. And also some breaking news about Kareem Hunt. Uh, so first, I want to give a shout out to Sean Washington. Uh, he is a defensive lineman for the San Antonio Commanders in the Alliance of American Football. This guy laid the biggest hit I've ever seen. Now, in the NFL, the guy would have probably gotten ejected, would have gotten like a $50,000 fine for roughing the passer. This guy had the biggest blindside hit I have ever seen. If you haven't seen it, go on Twitter, go on Instagram. Find the video of Sean Washington. It's S-H-A-A-N Washington. He plays for the San Antonio Commanders. He absolutely blindsides a quarterback. He loses his helmet, creates a fumble, which was then recovered by his team. Just a tremendous hit. Shout out to Sean Washington. Uh, I want to start with Kareem Hunt. Um, He signs with the Cleveland Browns today. Um, The Jets are dumb. Okay, The Jets should have signed Kareem Hunt. I know he's got domestic violence issues and you don't want a problem in your locker room. But guess what? He has more talent than any running back in the league. And if he is proven, you know, guilty and he does go, you know, does have jail time and the legal process plays out that way, then you just release him. You don't play him. But the Cleveland Browns are taking a chance on him. Why? Because the Cleveland Browns general manager, John Dorsey, was the Kansas City general manager who drafted Kareem Hunt. So it makes a lot of sense that the Browns would take a chance on him. And now think about it for a second. The Browns' running backs are Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and Duke Johnson. That's very, very strong. The Jets made a huge mistake today by not signing Kareem Hunt. They let him go to Cleveland, a team who's on the rise, just like the Jets, a team who's trying to get back to competitive football, and they signed Kareem Hunt. We'll see how the legal process plays out for him. If it does end up that he does have to serve jail time and, you know, some legal things happen that are against the Browns, then, you know, the Browns could cut him and say, okay, you know, we tried, but it didn't work out. This is what the Jets should have done. They should have signed Kareem Hunt. It would have been a perfect scenario for the Jets because you don't know if Bilal Powell is going to be healthy. He's out with a neck injury. could be career-ending. Isaiah Crawl has proven he's not a starting running back. He is more of a complimentary backup at this point. And I don't, you know, if I'm a Jets fan, I don't want to sign Le'Veon Bell. You know, taking a year off of football is very difficult to come back from and paying him all that money. It was a selfish move by Le'Veon Bell. Trading for Leonard Fournette, you're going to have to give up at least a first-round pick to get him. You know, so Kareem Hunt, for me, was a free agent. He was available. He was the best available player probably in free agency. You should have signed him. And if it doesn't work, then you release him. Um... But unfortunately, the Jets once again made a bonehead move. What else is new? Uh, So we're going to move on now to the Alliance of American Football. This is a new league that started the other night. Uh, It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, There's a lot of different teams um, in all these different cities, obviously. It's it's like the XFL and the Arena Football League. You know, it gives players an opportunity, you know, to go out and show their talent. Guys who didn't make the NFL, guys who maybe didn't make the CFL, you know, it gives guys an opportunity. So they had a couple of games, and I was really impressed, you know. And, and, and it's, it's fun to watch because these guys, they just they hit as hard as they want. 
and pretty much do anything they want. I mean, there were some pretty illegal things going on in some of those games. But I, the ratings were high. I mean, the ratings were higher Saturday night for that, for that league than the Houston-Oklahoma City game, which actually turned out to be a great game because Oklahoma City blew a 28-point lead. I mean, Houston blew a 28-point lead in that game. But everybody knows Golden State's going to win the championship, so why watch the NBA? Um, and I love some of these names. The San Diego Fleet, the Arizona Hotshots, the Orlando Apollos, the San Antonio Commanders, the Memphis Express. Like, these are names that, like, you know, that, like, you know, a 15-year-old in his creative writing class comes up with. You know, and you're like, wow, that sounds pretty cool, but the NFL would never use it. You know, and professional sports leagues would never use it. Um, but I really like watching this league. It's actually a lot of fun. You have no idea who's going to win. You don't know one player on any of these teams for the most part, except the guy who scored the first touchdown in the league was Jalen Marshall. And for those of you that don't remember Jalen Marshall, uh, Jalen Marshall played for the Jets. He was drafted. He was an, actually an undrafted free agent. Um, with the Jets, they draft. He was signed. I believe he played at Ohio State. Um, you know, he was the fourth wide receiver behind Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, uh, Quincy Anunwa. But then Marshall was um, Jalen Marshall was suspended for four games for violating the NFL policy on PEDs. Then he got reinstated. The Jets waived him. Then he went back to the practice squad. Then he signed a futures contract, and then he got waived and. And now he plays for the Orlando Apollo, and he actually scored the first ever touchdown in the league's history. So that's pretty cool for Jalen Marshall getting a second opportunity. Uh, he was never good for the Jets. He was an absolute disaster, but he was an undrafted free agent. So it's not like, you know, he was a first-round pick and he became a huge bust. Um, but I highly recommend that league. I believe it's on Saturday nights. Great league. Um, you know, listening to Tiki Barber do some analysis, he's actually very good. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he has his own radio show with Brandon Tierney. They do an excellent job in New York. Um, but they really, they really have done a nice job with that league. And honestly, I think it's, it kind of reminds me of when the Arena Football League was a big thing. When you had, you know, the, uh, the New York Dragons and, and all these other things. Um, so shout out to that league. They've, they've really done a nice job. Um, I want to flip to baseball really quick and then we'll get into the NBA trade deadline. There's a, a mantra going on that both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado want $300 million still to this point with spring training in about four to five days. And then there's a side story saying that both players are waiting for the other player to sign to set the market. Are we six years old? I mean, this is, this is childish at this point. Listen, I know Scott Boris wants to hold out to get his money for his clients. I, I get it. You want every dollar possible. But let's put it this way. When you bat 220 like Bryce Harper did this year, you're not worth $300 million. When you're Manny Machado and you basically come out and say, oh, I'm a dirty player. I intentionally stepped on a player's foot. I don't really hustle much. How, can, how in the world can you expect the team to give you $300 million just because of your talent? I mean, he's a, they're both great players. They both have big impacts on organizations they've been to. But I'm not paying $300 million for either of these two, two players. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the time, and it's not worth the headache for both of them. Bryce Harper is going to want to be the face of the franchise and the diva, and it's like, oh, it's all about me, and Machado's going to be the same way. 
Now, if you want to sign him for less than $300 million, I'm okay with that. You know, the rumor is now that the Yankees have offered Machado 220. I'm okay with 220 if that's what we're going to give him. Uh, I'd prefer Didi to be the long-term answer at shortstop and Andahar at third base, not Manny Machado. But if they're going to pay him $220 million, he better produce at a high level. Um, you know, but this is a bad look for Scott Boris, and it's a bad look for baseball. But GMs are smart. You know, these guys get tied into a lot of bad contracts. Just look at Brian Cashman. He's tied into Jacoby Ellsbury. I mean, that guy has played, what, like 20 games? You know, before he's like fragile glass. I mean, he's terrible. You know, so teams don't want to pay these guys long-term contracts because of injury. And Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, not that either one of them are injury-prone players, but it's just not worth it to pay guys who are a headache $300 million because we've seen what happens with other teams. Um, so let's focus now on the NBA trade deadline. Obviously a big week this week um, in the NBA. I'm going to go through each trade with the trade tracker in front of me here. And I'm going to tell you who won the trade. Um, so obviously let's, let's start with some of the smaller trades. Um, the Chicago Bulls acquired Timothy Luawu Cabarro in cash considerations for a protected 2020 second round pick from Oklahoma City. You know, Luau Cabarro, a lot of people who watch the NBA probably don't know who he is. Um, he came over from France. Um, he's a young player. He's probably, I believe he's in his early 20s. Um, for Oklahoma City, though, they're saving money. I mean, it saves them $7.3 million towards the luxury tax. So that, that's really, that was really, it was a salary dump. And Luau Cabarro gets an opportunity in Chicago with injuries to Denzel Valentine and Chandler Hutchison, their first round pick out of Boise State. So it gives them, it gives him some hope. And he's kind of bounced around a little bit. So, but I like that trade for Oklahoma City. You know, you save some money and, you know, for future assets. Um, the next trade was Rodney Hood. He got traded to Portland from Cleveland for Wade Baldwin, Nick Stauskas, and two future seconds. Um, for Portland, you know, they get a bench player who I think is kind of similar to the rest of their bench players. He's a mediocre talent who, you know, at times can be consistent. Um, Rodney Hood will get a lot of open looks, though, when you have Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Evan Turner. I mean, Rodney Hood's going to get some looks. So he's going to have to make some shots, which he has had some issues doing in the past, but he has actually the last couple of years done pretty well um, in terms of the three-point line. Um, you know, and obviously for Portland, it's, it's low risk because you gave up two players who weren't playing, two future seconds, and Hood is a UFA. So if he doesn't re-sign, and in case the trade doesn't work out, you didn't really give up a whole lot. Um, for Cleveland, they got two future second-round picks, which are future assets for them. Stauskas and Baldwin are both on expiring contracts. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, maybe they can get a change of scenery look in Cleveland. Uh, the next trade, um, you had Spee Mikhailu. Uh, I think I mentioned this already, but Spee Mikhailu in a future second went to Detroit for Reggie Bullock. Um Reggie Bullock's going to add them some shooting around their team. Obviously, they didn't trade for Anthony Davis. Um, Speed Mikhailu, I actually was a kid that I really liked from Kansas. Uh, didn't get a lot of run with the Lakers, but I think he'll get some run with Detroit. They're two in their three positions, pretty mediocre, and I think he's a young kid who could help them um, from the perimeter. And Reggie Bullock's kind of a veteran guy who you can give up. He's an unrestricted free agent after the year. Um, Philadelphia got Malachi Richardson. Uh, former Syracuse guard, a 2020 second-round pick, and the draft rights to Emir Preldzic, and Toronto got cash considerations. Um, Philadelphia actually ended up waiving Malachi Richardson, so basically they got a second-round pick and the draft rights to a player. Um, this is just to give Malachi Richardson an opportunity. Obviously, Philadelphia waived him, so Malachi Richardson 
uh, who left Syracuse way too early, left after one year because he won them a tournament game. Um, should have stayed at Syracuse another year, but that's a whole other conversation for another time. Um, then the Phoenix Suns got into the trade deadline. They acquired Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington for Ryan Anderson. Now, Wayne Ellington was waived by the Suns, and he ended up signing with Detroit, which is a really good get for the Pistons because they need an upgrade at that position. So now they have Ellington, Galloway, and Mikhailu at the two. Um, so basically it was Tyler Johnson for Ryan Anderson. Now, Tyler, Phoenix has had some issues this year um, with point guards. They've had Elliot Kobo and De'Anthony Melton, two young rookies who really just aren't ready for the NBA right now. And Tyler Johnson kind of gives them a veteran guard, not really on a great contract, neither is Ryan Anderson. But Tyler Johnson's a guy who's played point guard in the past. He's not, you know, not the most pure thing in the world, but I think he provides some toughness for them. He's a pretty good defensive player. Um, and I think he's a, definitely an upgrade over what Phoenix has. Um, is Tyler Johnson a long-term answer at point guard? No, he's probably more of a backup two for them. But I think he's a guy who will stick around for a little bit for the Suns. Uh, the next trade was Markeith Morris was traded from Washington to New Orleans along with a second-round pick for another Syracuse guy, Wesley Johnson. Um, for Washington, it said sheds them payroll. Uh, Wesley Johnson's on a much smaller contract. New Orleans adds a draft pick. They actually did release Markeith Morris. He is out six weeks with a neck injury. Um, so I think he'll be an interesting guy to sign for a team in the buyout market or the free agent market if a team wants to take a chance on him. He, he does bring toughness. He's a good shooter. Um, defensively, he's not the greatest, and locker room issues have been a, a problem. I think with the right team, I think he could be an impact, just like his brother is in Boston. Um, another interesting trade that happened, Otto Porter Jr. was traded from Washington to Chicago for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Uh, obviously, Washington got the news that John Wall was out with a ruptured Achilles tendon, so Washington shook up their their talent pool there, and they basically got um, two expiring contracts in Jabari Parker, who I think is, is a good player, but he's just been hurt a lot. And Bobby Portis, who, you know, wants another contract, turned down a $50 million offer from Chicago. Um, and his first game, he had 30 points. So I think Bobby Portis could actually be a really nice fit for Washington down the road. Jabari, I think, will go to unrestricted free agency. Maybe he resigns in Washington, but I'm not sure he's really a fit for them going forward. I think Bobby Portis could really be nice. For Chicago, you know, they get Otto Porter, a guy who's on a longer-term contract, but at least can establish himself at the three position. Chicago had issues at that spot. They never really had a guy there. And now that they have somebody there, I think it'll help them going forward. Um, now with Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Lowry Market, and Wendell Carter Jr., it kind of establishes their starting five going forward for next year. And obviously they also have a lottery pick, so I think that'll help as well. Um, a change of scenery trade happened between Portland and Sacramento. It was Scalabissier went to Portland, and Caleb Swanigan, also known as Biggie Swanigan, went to Sacramento. These were just two forwards that needed to get out. You know, Scalabissier had a little bit of a good stretch with Sacramento, just didn't really find his rhythm, and Swanigan never really got a chance in Portland. Um, so now he gets to go to Sacramento, or maybe he'll get an opportunity. I don't really see either one of these two guys playing, though, again, because of depth um, at the position. Uh, another trade that happened, Harrison Barnes was traded from Dallas to Sacramento for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. Zach Randolph was waived um, by Dallas. I do not expect him to sign with the team for the rest of the year. Justin Jackson's interesting. He's a young player from North Carolina. Um, Harrison Barnes was also from North Carolina, so there's a little bit of a connection there. You know, Harrison Barnes won a championship in Golden State. Um, obviously, he gives them 
um, playoff experience, but he also can help score a little bit, whether it's starting or off the bench. It also gives him a little veteran presence, which Sacramento really doesn't have a lot of. Um, Dallas obviously got the expiring contract and ran off, which they waived. But I think Justin Jackson really is a good shooter. Um, I think Dallas kind of sees him as Sean Marion type. Um, he hasn't really played well in the pros since leaving North Carolina. Um, didn't really get off to the right foot in Dallas, and then he got, I mean, in Sacramento, and then he got beat out by, Boyan, by Bogdan Bogdanovich. So I, I, think, I think this is a good move for Dallas. I think Justin Jackson just needs an opportunity. Harrison Barnes, I'm not really a fan of. I think he shoots way too much to my liking, and he's going to want a big contract in the summer. Uh, the next trade was a big one. It was actually a three-team trade. Um, the Houston Rockets received Iman Shumpert, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and a 2021 second-round pick. Stauskas and Baldwin then were traded to Indiana, and then they ended up going to Cleveland. Excuse me, they got Wade by Indiana, and Stauskas signed with Cleveland. Um, Sacramento received Alec Burks, the former Utah Jazz guard, and a 2020 second-round pick. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers got Brandon Knight, former Phoenix Suns point guard, Marquise Chris, former Suns forward, 2019 first-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick. So obviously for this trade, for Houston, it reshuffles their bench, obviously, a little bit. Getting Shumpert will help their guard kind of solidify their defensive spot. Um, for Sacramento, Shumpert really wasn't that necessary because you had Buddy Heald, um, you know, and you had some other guards there. And then they also got Harrison Barnes. That kind of knocked him out. Um, Alec Burks is kind of a guy who could bring a little bit of a different dynamic. He's more of a scoring guard. Um, and Brandon Knight could get an opportunity in Cleveland. You know, right now they have Colin Sexton and Matthew Dellavedova. I happen to believe Brandon Knight's not a bad point guard. He just got injured, and, you know, injuries happen. I think Brandon Knight just needs a chance. I think he'll get it in Cleveland. Uh, Marquise Chris is kind of in a tough spot right now because they have Larry Nance and John Henson, but Henson's out right now, so Chris is going to play, and he's going to get an opportunity to try to prove himself as he's now on his third team since his draft. Um, but Cleveland got a first-round pick. I mean, that's big for them, obviously. Again, future assets. Love what they did at the deadline. Um, Greg Monroe was traded to Brooklyn um, along with a second-round pick from Toronto for cash. They waived Greg Monroe. This was more of a, an order for Brooklyn to get the second-round pick. And, you know, Greg Monroe is nothing exciting. He's a low-post forward. He's a little bit older. Um, he's not a great defender. I don't really expect him to latch onto a team going forward. I think he might be done in the NBA. Um, then the Atlanta Hawks acquired Jabari Bird from Boston, um, along with cash considerations. Boston got a conditional second. Um, Jabari Bird has not played in a game this season. He was accused of domestic violence. Um, he was waived by the Atlanta Hawks, and I don't think anybody expects him to ever sign on an NBA team again. Then Atlanta received uh, Shelvin Mack, um, the former Butler point guard, in exchange for Tyler Dorsey. Um, Shelvin Mack then was waived by Atlanta and claimed off waivers by Charlotte. Um, but for, for this trade, you know, um, I think Memphis, it was just an opportunity for them to kind of get younger at the guard position. And Tyler Dorsey actually reunites with his former Oregon teammate, Dylan Brooks. They had some really good chemistry when they made the final four. So I think maybe Tyler Dorsey could do well in Memphis there. Then the trade started to get a little interesting. The Lakers traded Michael Beasley and and uh, Zubak to the Lakers for Mike Muscala. I was surprised by this trade for the Lakers because Zubak was supposed to be a part of the Anthony Davis package. That didn't happen. Um, and I think once the Lakers started to realize that, they wanted to kind of get rid of some of those guys. I love this deal for the Clippers. 
You know, Beasley got waived. I don't expect him to sign on an NBA team. But Zubak, like I mentioned, all he needs is an opportunity. I think he's going to start for the Clippers. Their backup center is going to be Montrez Harrell because they traded Marjanovic away. Gortat got waived. So it kind of opens up some spots for some younger players. And um, for the Lakers, you know, Zubak was going to hit an R. Um, uh, he was going to hit restricted free agency and become an RFA. I don't think the Lakers were going to be able to sign him because they're trying to create cap room for some other players. Um, but I love this move for the Clippers. It makes a lot of sense for me. Um, then the Grizzlies uh, traded Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green to the Clippers for Avery Bradley. This was like a really weird trade. Um, Avery Bradley kind of fits Memphis, like the grind mentality. Um, he's a really good defensive player, but offensively he's just not that great. Um, you know, obviously the Clippers did this for a reason. Once they unloaded Tobias Harris, they kind of knew, okay, we have to create more cap space to try to get big free agents in here. So they got rid of Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green, two free agents in the summer. And they figured, okay, well, uh, or I'm sorry, two, two guys under contract. And they're like, okay, you know, we'll just clear some cap space. So that's what they did. Um, Avery Bradley has played. I would not be surprised, though, if he got bought out. I think playoff teams would really want to take a look at him. Uh, the next trade was Philadelphia received James Ennis um, from the Houston Rockets. Um, again, more depth for Philly. Helps them in their D. He's a good defensive player. He's a good shooter as well. He's bounced around a little bit, but every team he's been on, he's been pretty good. He was good in Memphis. He was good in Miami. Um, so I, I think he's he was good in Houston too. So I, I think he's a really good depth piece next to Jonathan Simmons. I think he could really help Philly. Um, then, as I mentioned, Stauskas and Baldwin were traded to Houston. I mean, we're traded to Indiana. They both got waived, and then Stauskas actually just signed in Cleveland. Um, big trade happened with Philly again. Markel Fultz was finally traded to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons, a protected first-round pick this year, and a second-round pick this year. Obviously, we all know what's happened with Markel Fultz. A lot of injuries, uh, some, some personal stuff going on. For his sake and for everybody's sake, I hope he does well in Orlando. I just don't think he's going to, though, because Orlando has had issues developing players. You know, they haven't done well with Mo Bamba, haven't done well with Jonathan Isaac, haven't done well with Mario Hazonia. Like, they, they just have not gotten it to work. Um, and hopefully Markel Fultz can find his rhythm in Orlando. Um, for Philly, Jonathan Simmons is, again, a good depth player, and they also get some assets. Um, after trading for Tobias Harris. So I think Philadelphia, I think both teams did a nice job. Orlando filled the need, and Philadelphia kind of restocked the cupboard a little bit. Another big trade, Milwaukee got Nikola Mirotic um, from the Pelicans. The Pistons got Thon Maker. As I mentioned, Thon Maker and Stanley Johnson got traded for each other. So it ended up being a three-team deal where Detroit got Thon Maker, Milwaukee got Nikola Mirotic, and New Orleans got Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and four future second-round picks. I love this trade for Milwaukee. Um, you get a guy who can shoot, could play the four and the five. Muratic just had big impacts everywhere he's gone. And I, I think this is a really nice get from Milwaukee. For Detroit, uh, Thon Maker's going to be a backup center to Andre Drummond. I, I don't know if it's going to change much. I still think that kid is a bust. And he always was a bust from the beginning. Um, for New Orleans, again, you got a young player in Stanley Johnson. Jason Smith's not very good. I could see them waving him. He, it's actually his second stint in New Orleans. But four future seconds is a nice get for New Orleans. Um, and then the last trade that happened, which probably, I guess you can consider the biggest one of the day, 
was Marcus Saul going to Toronto for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a second round pick in 2024. You know, Marcus Saul is a guy who was in Memphis for a long time, but he, he just had to go. Um, you know, Memphis is rebuilding. They don't need him. He's an unrestricted free agent after the year. He's expected to walk. Um, so from Memphis's perspective, they got Valanciunas, who's a nice, solid center. Um, DeLon Wright, who I really liked coming out of Utah, just never really got good footing because Fred Van Fleet outplayed him. Um, and OG Anadubi outplayed him. So I, I think they got a nice wing piece in him. And C.J. Miles is a veteran guy. I think he might get bought out, might go to a championship team. Really struggled in Toronto this year, unfortunately for him. And for Toronto, they got Marcus Saul. You know, he wanted to go to a winning situation. Um, I would expect him to start at some point and Serge Ibaka to come off the bench. I don't know if Serge Ibaka is going to take that too well. But at least for Marcus Saul, he gets an opportunity to win a championship, and that's really what he wants. So that's the NBA trade deadline. That's what happened. Um, some winners for me. Philly. Uh, you trade Markel Fultz out, get Jonathan Simmons. Uh, I like that move for Philly. I know Markel Fultz is probably the better player, but I just don't think it's going to work in Orlando. You get Tobias Harris. Love it. I think he's a much better fit than Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's not going to be here next year. Jimmy Butler wants to be his own guy and his own team for some reason. I still don't know. Um, I love the moves Philadelphia did. Toronto, getting Marcus Gasol and replacing DeLon Wright today by signing Jeremy Lin. You know, that, that's a really nice move for Toronto. Um, Milwaukee, getting Miritich, big move. You got rid of Thon Maker, who pretty much did you nothing. Um, and now maybe they go after Canner or another center in the buyout market. Maybe Gortat's a guy they go after. Um, so I, I love the move there. And the Clippers. I know they gave up Tobias Harris, but they got Jamichael Green. They got Garrett Temple. They got Zubak. They got younger and cheaper, and I love what they did. And I still think they can make the playoffs even with the roster they currently have. My two losers start with the Lakers. You didn't get Anthony Davis. You traded for Reggie Bullock. Don't know how much that's going to help you. You traded Zubak for, for Mascala. I don't understand that move at all. And now Magic Johnson comes out and says, I want to teach Ben Simmons how to be a great point guard. No, you don't. You just want to tamper to get him to Los Angeles because you can't get anyone else because nobody likes your franchise. So who are you kidding? So nobody's going to do that. The other loser is Boston. I know people say Boston won because they stood pat. And yes, I'm still picking them to go to the finals. But the biggest problem with Boston this year has been that Kyrie is not happy. He's not happy. And Anthony Davis does not want to come to Boston. So now you're going to give up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and three first-round picks for Anthony Davis. And you're going to basically pull a Billy King, which is what the Nets did. You're going to basically do what the Nets did to you like you did to the Nets. The only difference is Anthony Davis is younger than Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, but it's basically a rental. You're giving up three first-round picks for a rental. Kyrie's not going to resign in Boston. He's pissed off that you know Jason Tatum's getting the ball more and Gordon Hayward's not listening to him. and He's had riffs with all the young players and Brad Stevens. Kyrie wants to be a guy, but he wants to be a guy on a team where guys have the same mentality as him. I just don't see Boston being a fit for him. I do think he leaves. Will he end up in New York, Brooklyn, LA? Who knows? But I really think Boston lost this trade deadline because all the teams in front of them have done nice things. You know, like I mentioned, Philly's moves, Toronto's moves, Milwaukee's moves, even Indiana. They lost Oladipo. What did they do? They went out and signed Wes Matthews. That's a nice pickup for Indiana. You know, and obviously it's going to give more opportunities to guys like Sabonis and Turner 
and and Boyan Bogdanovich. It's going to give them more opportunities. And Indiana's actually won five straight, and they're third in the East, even without Oladipo. So what does that tell you about Indiana? You know, so I like some of the moves the Eastern Conference teams made. Uh, I think the East is going to be a bloodbath starting in the second round. Because I think all I think all four of those teams are going to make it through Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Boston. And the second round there on is going to be a bloodbath to see who makes it to the. I happen to believe it's going to be Philly and Boston going to the conference finals. You know, if the matchups work out that way, I think it will. I think Philadelphia just has the best starting five right now, and Boston to me, Kyrie Irving is a special talent, and their young talent is too good. I have questions about Milwaukee in terms of their playoff experience. And also, they're not really a good defensive team. They actually got worse with Miritich defensively. I know defensively their numbers are good, but when you think of their personnel, Brogdon and Bloodsore are very good defensively. Middleton is okay. You know, Giannis is not really known as a defender, and Brooke Lopez is not a great defender. So I have questions about their defense in crunch time, and I also have questions in the half court. Who's going to get the ball at the end of the game? Because Giannis can't shoot. Is it going to be Middleton? Is it going to be Bledsoe? Is it Miritich? You know, so we're going to find out things about them. In Toronto, the biggest question for me is Kyle Lowry. Can he show up in a playoff game? He hasn't been able to do it. I'm still convinced he won't be able to do it. Yes, getting Marcus all will help. Getting a, you know, getting a lot of you know other talent around him is going to help. But I still think the pressure is on Kyle Lowry. Um, I really believe it's going to be Philadelphia and Boston in the finals. Um, I actually think Philly can give. Golden State more of a challenge because of the size they present with Joel Embiid. Marjanovic would play a huge part as well. I love, again, I love the Tobias Harris pickup for Philadelphia. Um, but Golden State obviously is still the team to beat. Um, in terms of the buyout market, like I said, Ellington went to Detroit, Lynn went to Toronto, Wes Matthews went to Indiana. Um, Ennis Canner's out there, Gortat's out there. I think more guys will start going into the buyout market as we go. Um, and we'll see what happens as we come down the stretch here in the NBA. The All-Star game is this weekend. Um, that should be exciting. So good luck to Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, being in the dunk contest. And congratulations to Kevin Knox for making the uh, the Rising Challenge or the All-Star Rising game, whatever that is, where the rookies and sophomores go at it. He replaced Lonzo Ball, who's out with uh, an ankle injury. Um, I wish Mitchell Robinson had made it and Alonzo Trier, but sometimes things just don't go your way. Um, but congratulations to those two guys, and hopefully they can both win their respective uh, events. Um, it should be exciting. You know, dunk contest with Dennis Smith. I believe it's Dennis Smith Jr., Miles Bridges, John Collins, and I can't remember who the fourth guy is. Um, but I, I believe uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has a great shot to win. John Collins is really underrated, though. Watch out for John Collins. I mean, he's you know a kid out of uh, Wake Forest who really can get up. I mean, he that kid, he's had a great year for Atlanta. You know, I mean, most people really just did not think he was going to be any good. But he's really done an excellent job um, with the Hawks. Uh, the other candidate is Hamadou Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, they actually spoke to Kevin Knox about that because Hamadou Diallo was his college teammate. Dennis Smith Jr. is his current teammate. And Miles Bridges is one of his good friends. So he kind of has a tough one to pick. I think he'll end up rooting for Dennis Smith Jr. because it's his NBA teammate. But I don't think he'd be upset if Hamadou Diallo and Miles Bridges won. But if John Collins won, I think it would be pretty disappointing for Kevin Knox. Um, you know, in terms of the three-point shootout, you got uh, the Curry brothers are both in it. I believe Devin Booker's in it. He's defending from last year. Dirk Nowitzki will be in it as well. Um, so that's exciting um, for him, obviously, in his last All-Star game. 
And uh, very quickly, the all-star teams actually came out. The draft happened. Of course, LeBron James picks every player that's a free agent. He picks Kyrie Irving, picks Kawhi Leonard, picks Anthony Davis, who's not a free agent, but he still picked Anthony Davis. You know, he picks uh, Kevin Durant. You know, he picks all the guys. and You know, he basically wanted his friends on his team. I, team LeBron should blow out Team Giannis. You know, Giannis's team is very international flavored. You've got Jokic, Giannis, uh, Vucevic. Um, you've got a lot of international talent on his team. LeBron's team is more about him recruiting guys to go to the Lakers. You know, we'll see how it shakes out for LeBron this summer because I don't think LeBron's getting Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he's getting Kevin Durant. I don't think he's getting Kyrie Irving. He could get Clay Thompson. That's a possibility, I guess. But there's not one free agent who's out there who I'd say, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to end up with the Lakers. I just, there isn't any. Um, but LeBron's going to do his best at All-Star Weekend to try to recruit. Um, it, it's going to be more of a celebration, I think, for Dwayne Wade and Dirk. It's their last All-Star Games. They're, they're both retiring at the end of the season. Two future Hall of Famers, uh, no question about it. Wade, obviously, with Miami and, and Dirk with Dallas and what they've done for the NBA. And You know, it'll be an exciting All-Star Game. As I mentioned, the skills competition will be exciting. The celebrity game is a waste of time. First of all, they don't even put good celebrities in the game. Like, I looked at the list. I knew, like, maybe five people. You know, I mean, I don't even know half of those people on that list. It's ridiculous. Like, why don't you put guys like Kevin Hart? You know, pe- people, people that everybody knows. I'm not saying you have to keep the same list every year, you know, but put guys that people know. Don't put like, oh, the producer of NBA 2K. No one knows who that is. You know, nobody has a clue who those people are. You know, if you put a guy like Kevin Hart, everybody knows who Kevin Hart is. You know, even some old players like Tracy McGrady. You know, uh, I know 2 Chains was, was upset that he didn't get announced. Everybody knows who 2 Chains is for the most part. I mean, look at some of these people. I mean, who, I mean, I'm looking at the list. Like, I know Bad Bunny, you got Quavo. Who is Mike Coulter? Um, who is, um, I mean, Asia Wilson plays in the WNBA, but most people wouldn't even know who she is. Who's uh, Brad Williams? Amanda Seals? You know, Who's uh, Stephanie Dolson? I mean, I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea. Um, you know, like, look at last year's game. You had Michael B. Jordan, Justin Bieber, Jamie Foxx, Common. Like, people you know. I don't know any of these people. I have no freaking clue who half these celebrities are. It's a joke. You know, I obviously I know some of them, you know, Chris Daughtry, Jay Williams, um, Dr. Oz, J.B. Smoove. I mean, I know some of these people. Um, I've never even heard of Rhapsody, this rapper. I have no idea who he is. Um, celebrity games a waste of time. They should just never play it. It's really dumb. You know, it's, it, it's just one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Um, they should just get rid of it, you know, and, and do like a futures college game. You know, where you have, like, you know, college, kids currently in college basketball who might, you know, play in the NBA and have, like, a futures game of that. Like, that would be cool. You know, but the problem is you have to talk to the NCAA about making that game, and that would never happen. Um, and then the players don't get paid, and there's a whole scenario. But, you know, they should come up with something different other than the celebrity game because it's an absolute joke. I mean, it is just stupid. Um. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. You guys can find the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. You guys know the drill. 
Uh, Twitter is Schaefenbake, S-C-H-A-E-F-F-N-B-A-K-E, same as Instagram. Um, I'd appreciate it if you guys could send it to other people so at least we can get some marketing going. I've put it on my Instagram and my Twitter. Fortunately, I don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on marketing. It's just not something I'm looking to do right now. Um, but I would appreciate it if you guys could send it to your friends and I can get different opinions and uh, I would really pre- appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously, I, I thank all of you for listening to this podcast and uh, you guys make the podcast go. So um, shout out to everybody who listens and I really appreciate it. So uh, for this episode, uh, I'm Andrew Schaefer and this is Straight Up Sports.